back, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Leona Osborne and this is Inside Exec. We've been, as we do before we start recording, have a bit of a chat about the topics that we're going to cover and this morning we were talking about records management and we got quite in-depth and involved in the discussion so we thought we'd better start recording now or we'll lose all the good ideas that we've already come up with. So today we're going to talk about long-term records management and it it is something that is obviously evolving in industry as we develop our digital systems. And what interests me most about the topic is the controls that we have over it in terms of how long we keep the records and where we keep the records and also what form those records take. So and not just about whether it's a, in a database or some proprietary software, but it's about the actual types of records we keep so if we, we use a, a domestic example perhaps we start thinking about do we really need to have physical addresses postal addresses and residential addresses for everyone for all of the records that we keep I know it's going to be obvious that we need it for some things but do we need it for all records and do we and how and what do we collect and then it, then that starts to lead us into how long do we keep it and where do we keep it and how many backups do we have, who can access it, and not just in terms of who shares that information across other systems, but who physically can access the information. One of the triggers for the topic was that here in New South Wales at the end of this week, our state-owned archives are having an open day, and more than a week out from the open day, every session that is available with every staff member is booked out. So people generally are interested in records, whether they're doing their family history or histories for other activities that they might be involved with. Records are always going to be with us and always interesting to someone somewhere. So how are we going to manage them in the years to come? If we look at whether it is a personal documents that we need, so in a household or in an organisation, I guess we've got to ask ourselves is what is the use of this piece of information now in the immediate future and in many, many years to come? Will I need it? What will I need it for? So there'll be things like there might be legal reasons why you should keep a document, and that usually is dictated by the how long. There might be, look, it's information to pass on to the next generation, whether it is to do with how things happened in a particular industry or company from a learning perspective. So all those things that we try that don't work and we say, oh, we tried that, it didn't work. Yes. Well, now there'll be proof. Now, But what it also means is you can go back and you can see why it didn't work. Now, you will have heard us in numerous podcasts talk about you've got to put down why it didn't work. And this is why, because people need that information. They need to go back to it in 50 years, 100 years, when the conditions reflect what are happening now and be able to look at what solutions were considered at that time. And and also what worked, because we sometimes forget to say, well, that worked, that's okay, and then we move on. And if you look back on something and you see what happened and how ingenious that was solution with the limited resources, whatever those are, it can be inspiring. It can give you ideas for now with 
the more available resources, what can I do differently? There are the usual things like the international standards that we can follow in both in our personal life and corporate life. There is the local country requirements, there's a compliance and all of those. But these are prescribed and have to be done, obviously, for good reason. But we, we even wanting to look at more than that is, is what happens if you need that information for like the archive story that Kim just said. There's people going there. I wouldn't have thought that in a million years. I thought that it would have, you know, if you asked me 20 years ago, I would have thought, you know what, it'll be interesting, but it won't be to this large extent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the vision that we, we really got to look for all the time is how it could be used. And it, it, it's very much in the perception of what is a record. Because yeah. if we think back to our days when archives was a place where we sent things. You know, you had an archive yes. box and you put the files in it and they it went off to some unknown destination outside of the, the city area. And if you went there, it was just a warehouse with all these thousands and thousands of boxes with labels on them. And no one really thought much about what that meant. Occasionally you might say, oh, I need to requisition a file from archives mm. and it was going to take days to get it back. So again, it, it's about that accessibility of information. So how quickly will we need to access historical information in the future? Also with the digital age, it's not visible anymore. And so I wonder to what extent it's out of sight, out of mind. In the bad old days, <laughs> we used to have these compactuses with the files and everything. And actually it wasn't that long ago, I worked in organisations where they had that filing and it occupied a whole floor. It occupied a whole floor with our views of the harbour. <laughs> and it was people's so, job. Yeah, there, there were jobs yes. involved and, the, and it yes. was a... Not just the, the bottom of the rung, it was a career position. I know yeah. that when I first took over an area that was involved in file movement for an organisation, and that's all they did, was just moving files around the organisation, the two mm -hmm. most senior employees in that section I relied on to remember yes. the projects, where the files were, what they were called, what was related to it that wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't necessarily get from the file name. You know, that, that was valuable information that was stored in their heads because there was no other way of doing it. Whereas these days we might be able to have a database, for example, that had the project name yeah. and then it would have all the other related information. So anyone could go in and put in what was related to that project that they might have worked on or that contributed to them being part of that, that project. So it, we've got more information available now, which I, I know yes. you will all understand, but it's how we... Not just how we use that information, but how we save it so that it remains relevant. That's right. And also, like with that example of clearing up that floor, that you know, you started off by scanning hard documents, and when now the technology is so advanced that we should appreciate it and we love it, but we also can't take it for granted. It's not just uh, that's fine, that's fine. Even talking about the clouds putting stuff in a cloud, that's going to have a space capacity as well. We've got to think about what we really need to keep, in what format can we keep it, and how do we, as Kim said, access it, and what is the more sensible. So when we talk about jobs changing, yes, that person, that example about someone who knows the past, 
now you're looking for almost an architect, an engineer behind those thought processes of how to design, how to store, so you can search for it in by any word. Underlying all of that is the cost to organisations, the financial yes. investment that they have to make in mm. not just having records but in maintaining them and then accessing them and keeping them secure. So whilst jobs might disappear in terms of the numbers that would be managing records, there is still a substantial financial investment that organisations have to make into the future because the, 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 what they're investing now only covers a certain percentage of, of being able to access this information now. It's very much more about their long-term investment in having that information accessible, having those records accessible. You talk about privacy and you talk about security. You only have to think of when something goes wrong, how disastrous it is. I think I can list a few, but I'll just mention the word Enron and can um, search it and know that the impact that had as one of the reasons for that bad story. So in that sense is, again, information, places like health, education, etc., had always better respect for that stuff than some companies. And because of that, we could learn from them. You think about it from a personal viewpoint, your health data, now you ask, is it okay to share it and all of that? You want it protected, you want it secured. You want to have your own copies because it is your health, it is your future. You know, you might have had something happen to you or to one of your ancestors and you want to use that information as how it may or may not affect you in the future. So it's the information is vital. My concern too is that we drift into digital records management without really thinking about its long-term effects or viability. In a personal sense, we will all have had the experience of getting a paper bill and then the next month having a question at the bottom of it that says, do you want to continue receiving the paper bill? So in essence, this organisation is asking you to make a decision for them about whether they keep a paper record for you or they keep a digital record. They don't tell you in that instance if you decide that you want the digital record. They don't necessarily, I will say, tell you what they will keep in the digital record. And we're agreeing to a digital record without knowing what they're going to keep of our information on our behalf that we might want to access in the future. Or they charge you to mm -hmm. keep getting a paper bill. And yes. so you are economically bullied into mm -hmm. going the digital route Again, without, I, I guess we assume that what the information they're going to keep in that digital record is the same that they send out on the paper, but we don't ask the question, so we don't know. And if we're not, in a personal sense, controlling the records that are held about us and, and that we have some input to, then how can we transfer that approach to our business life or our organisations and be as irresponsible in, a, in the management of those records. Let's take, for example, in your own house now about the security of the records. In your own house, you might have a folder that talks about whatever. It's a filing system. How secure is that? Have you got a backup? What happens, God forbid, if you have a fire? So this continuity of business cob, as they refer to in corporate world, is very, very important. And then where do you do that? Do you do it at a location that is remote to where you are? 
that was true when you were talking hard copies or even servers, servers in other places. Now, actually, we went beyond that, and I really don't know what the answers are. I'm sure some people are more informed than me that knows that, but we need to think beyond the current technology and what will happen and how we actually move this from one kind of technology to another. Kim, you mentioned earlier about, you know, we, we save it um, on a disc instead of hard copy and then now what happened? <laughs> yes, we, we were talking about the, the case of photographs. So we were all encouraged to back up our photographs. That, that when we started to take photographs digitally, we were, yes, we must back them up. And so we'll put them all onto CD. Or even before that, for those of you who are old like we are, you'll remember that we had a thing called floppy disks. Well, I think it would be hard to find a home computer these days that still has a floppy disk drive. The same can be said to a certain extent about CD drives yes. and DVD drives. And so now we rely on the thumb drive. Yeah. And those are getting smaller and, and more interesting as the years go by. The issue that has been brought up in the photography world is that the format that these digital photographs are saved and stored by won't necessarily be able to be read in terms of its software component in the years to come. And so we're actually being encouraged now to go back to keeping physical photographs as our records rather than the digital record or, or in addition to the digital record. Yes. So how many other things, how many other databases or activities, you know, the, the, God forbid, the Excel spreadsheet disappears off the face of the earth <laughs> in terms of software, who will read all of that information? How will we get that information back? So we need to think not just about the physical storage of the records but how they are being saved and how they're being recorded and, and what will, as, as Fuliana said, what will be the technology in 10, 20, 50 years' time when people might want to access them? Will they be able to access them? And so we need to broaden the idea of how and what we save to cover those topics as well. On a very topic that's um, a passion and very dear to me is food, of course. And <laughs> you, you save all your food ideas in your head. And you make true. it up as you go along. But I was with a friend who actually taught me how to make a Christmas cake. And the Christmas cake was based on her grandmother recipe. And what happened is they were all collected and went from great-grandma to etc. in a book. Now, that book got lost. And it's a very, 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 very upsetting experience mm -hmm. to that family because you've got lost all of that. So now it is being recreated by the thought. So everybody that sort of specialised in one of her recipes says, can you please write it down to the best of your memory? So to me, sometimes you don't think about that. You think, oh, we did that. We got great grandma's recipes mm -hmm. and they're good and we're passing them on to generations. But the thing is, how... And was that the only copy, etc., etc.? So all of us can think of examples in our in our personal lives where records were, were and are important and how the emphasis that we've placed on those and the lengths we'll go to to maintain those records. And I would hope that you, you transfer that responsibility to organisations but think not just about the records that you're keeping now and know that you're doing all the right things in terms of the regulations and backup and accessibility, but that you think about what might be the case 
in 50 years' time. Because even if your organisation hasn't been going that long, I'm sure you would hope that it will be going that long and you will need to have people be able to access records to look at the history, to look at all of the things that we've talked about. So it's not just about what are you doing now and are you meeting the requirements now and, and that'll be good for 10 years or until I'm out of this organisation. But the responsibility is that if you have ever in your working career looked back at a historical record, someone maintains that for your benefit and you need to be doing the same. When you say 50 years, it sounds like a long time, but it isn't. Mm. Kim used a very good example in our pre-recording discussion, and it just made me think. Now, this house that I live in right now is over 100 years old, and Kim said, now, if people want to restore a house to its original, how it was, you're relying 100 years is not that long. You know what I mean? No, no, I'm quite addicted to restoration, Maine, in the UK. Yeah, I love the work that he does. And quite often you'll see him delving back into records that go back to the 1400s, the 1300s, and obviously they're paper records that have been Mm. maintained, but they're important to the people who are doing the work on the house now to know the history of it, to know what it was used for originally, where rooms were originally, where how it was built originally. So in that sense, we all have a responsibility to maintain yes. everything around us that we have influence over so that someone in the future will benefit from that care that we took. I think we've probably covered that topic for you now. So it's all about what we think about records management, digital or otherwise. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Pulyana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.